Hulk Recorded live. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody glad to be here on the day? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us think about the business of the Lord. Amen. As we talk about this is the day that He has made and we rejoice in. We have to think about what are we rejoicing for. Amen. Amen. We think about the goodness of God and all that he has done for us. He woke us up this morning. He started us on our way. But not only that, as we look past, back in the past and over our lives, how good God has been. The Bible says that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, that's so much to be grateful for because he has given us salvation. He has given us Healing, he has given us strength. Amen. 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 So let us prepare now for working as we come now. Let's just give God a great round of applause and tell him thank you. Thank you. 
You know, how could this be? 
question that we will pose as, it, as we look at the people of the world, I pose that same question to the children of God. Yeah. Yeah. How could we be in the conditions that we're in when our Lord and our Savior own everything? Yeah. Yeah. We know who our daddy is. We know what our daddy has. We know the power and the authority in which our father operates, but we are we're looking to the government. We're looking to every wind and doctrine trying to survive when he has given us the master plan right in his word. I couldn't even imagine if I saw Maria Obama at the homeless shelter. Like, it would just blow my mind to see that happen. But so often the people of the world see the children of God in a bad position. So often they see us just like we would as their minds are blown, like our minds are blown by seeing some of the rich people like that, their minds are blown. So how could you serve a master who can't take care of you? How could you call him Lord, Lord, and he's not taking care of you? Well, it's not that God is not doing his job. Because he says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So it's not him not doing his part. He says, I reign on the fields of the death as mother to unset. It's not that God is not in his position doing his job, but where are you? Are you doing your job? Are you operating as a believer or are you operating as a beggar? When I look at the book of Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, the 14th verse, it says, Behold to the Lord your God. Belong heaven and the highest um, heaven, the earth, and all of it is he. Everything belongs to him. So we call him our father. Our father owns everything. So why are we in the position of being begged? Often when we pray, even in our prayer life, we're begged. Uh, we're praying prayers that have no faith. We're praying prayers without a hope. We're living on the edge in fear and not living in faith to what his word says. Amen. Going back to the book of Joseph, to the story of Joseph, and as we've been studying Joseph in our uh, Bible study, we find that it took 13 years before Joseph came into his own. Yeah. Well, just because you prayed a prayer and it wasn't answered the next day, the next hour, or the next minute, it does not mean that your father is not listening to your prayer. It does not mean that God has turned a deaf ear. Every time one of his children calls his name, then that's what he's doing to hear what you have to say. He's not like us. One of your kids call your name, like, oh, well, they just big and they just want something. We're ignoring them. We feel like we don't hear them. Especially if you have more than one kid, you probably feel like you don't hear them calling you. Dad is not like that. Every time you say Lord or you say Jesus or you say Master or you, you call upon him in any form, he wants what he's doing. And gives you his undivided attention. So as believers, we got to come out of our begging state and move to our believing state. And we look at the book of Ephesians here, Paul is writing while he's in prison. Amazing. He's writing the word of God. He's locked up in prison. He's bound by God and people who don't even believe in our Lord and Savior. But by the same token, while in that type of position, he is still ministering the word of God to the people of Ephesus. He's giving them a word. Because even as I did a deeper deep study on the book of Ephesians, he was talking to a group of believers who were rich beyond their even understanding. My, my, my. This morning, I'm talking to a group of believers who are rich beyond our understanding. We don't even understand. Like, I heard a preacher say on the other night how we as a people, we want to keep God in the box. We want him in this room right here, these four walls and the ceiling. We want to keep him right here. But God is bigger than that. God's blessings that he has for his people is greater than what this room could contain. God has more for us than just what we can see with our little eyes. Amen? As we continue on looking at the book of Ephesians, we see here that 
from the dead alone with Christ and were seated with him in heavenly realm. All because we are one with him. But he did all this for us. But if we don't read the word, we don't even know what he's done for us. I look at uh, our, our kids, our young people today, and I see how they're struggling and how they uh, and, and they're not even they're struggling and they don't even know that they're struggling. Mm-hmm. They're in a dark place and they don't even know that they're in a dark place. They don't value education. They don't value the freedoms that they have. But they don't even realize that before you were even born, there were people that were fighting and dying and protesting for you to have these freedoms. Yeah, right. To sit anywhere on the bus you want to sit. To eat at any restaurant you want to eat in. To be able to go and shop at any store that you want to go and shop in. There were people that fought for these freedoms. But our children today don't have a clue. They don't know their history. Well, one is not taught in schools anymore. So they don't know their history. Well, they're definitely not being taught at home anymore. They don't know their history. And so they're in a hard place. Because ever since the education and these freedoms that they have, that I just got to get some I am. I'm not supposed to have. I just, I have a, I mean, it's titled to this. This is my right to have these things. But yeah. well, we're the same way. We're in darkness because we don't know what the Word of God says to us. We don't know our rights. We don't know our authority. We don't know who we are in Christ. Because all we want of is what somebody has told us. Instead of going off of what the word is saying to us in itself. God saved you by his special faith. When when you believe, when you begin to believe in him, you can't take no credit for this. Mm -hmm. It was God's special favor that was given to us. God left us a compass, a GPS, and a roadmap to follow. And we have to adhere to these things. If we don't grab hold to something, Depending on your age, you may be a millennial, so we use GPS. You may be old, you may use a conference. Amen. But whatever it is that you use, you need to gravitate to whatever it is and you need to utilize it and allow yourself to peruse through the Word of God. So you know what it says to you. So that you don't walk any longer as a beggar, but you walk as a believer. You walk in authority in which the Lord Jesus has given you. I'm reminded of Third John. Well, John says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And I just I thought about how we went through a period in the in the Christian arena where people were stricken and had a thing about people preaching prosperity. But they didn't realize that prosperity is in the world. The preacher may be preaching prosperity, but you realize that whether you realize it or not, God gives us seasons to preach what he wants the people to know. So we go to get that particular season was a season that the people of God need to understand that prosperity is yours. It's yours for the asking. It's already written his words. Like he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, and I called you, I appointed you to be a prophet to the nation. He also, in his words, says that I beloved. It is my prayer that you prosper and be in good health, even if your soul prospers. Yeah. So he gave all of this to us in advance, but it's up to us to gravitate and grab hold to what it is that he has to say. He said that we don't have to be poor. Poor in spirit, poor financially, or poor in health. We don't have to be. But when we walk in those things, that's a choice. And that's one thing I like about our pastor. He taught us about having a choice. He taught us about uh, we can choose what it is or the route that we want to take because God, that's what God gives us choices. He don't make you come to him. It's a choice. He don't make you walk in his riches. It's a choice. He don't make you walk in good health. It's a choice. So what choice will you take? Will you choose to continue to be a beggar or will you choose to be a believer walking in the faith and the hope of our Lord and Savior? If we look at Ephesians 3 and 20, it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can actually think according to the power that works in us. Looking at that particular verse, which says, Now unto him, which is recognizing God as the God of all, uh, and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly, uh, talking about the power in which God 
Are you going to hold it? Or are you going to pass it? Are you going to hold it? Or are you going to shoot it? If you shoot it, you're going to get caught. And if you get it in the basket, you're going to get it in the basket. You get caught. But if you pass it, you may not get the point. You may get a pat on the back. Oh, good job. Pass the pass the ball. This is an He's a pastor, but can he shoot? As believers, we need to shoot the ball so that we can get out of those dead-end situations. We need to shoot the ball. Now, don't get me wrong. When you back up a step, I want you to know it's okay to pass the ball. So when you pass the ball, you encourage somebody else to shoot the ball. So we need to encourage each other. And sometimes you have to encourage ourselves and just shoot the ball. If you shoot the ball, you get the point. And you move into the place where God wants you to go. You come out of that place of having a self, of not believing in yourself and not believing in the authority of God. But you move towards the belief that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The next part of that verse goes on to say is we act uh, according to what we act or think. As believers, we got to learn to dream again. God gives us business. He gives us dreams. He don't give them to you just because... You should have a good night's sleep, so I'm going to let you drink. He gives us these things and drinks for a purpose, for a reason. Think about Joseph again. If Joseph had given up on the drink, the fact that his father gave him his coat, and even after he gave him the coat, and he started having these dreams about being the leader, about being the man, amen, he's not dreaming about being the man everybody's going to come to him. What if he had gave up on that dream? Yeah. Would he ever have gotten to where God wants him to be? When he ever got in a position where he could help not just himself, but his family. Well, the dream didn't have been deferred, and somebody else would have became a man. And then his family would have been uh, destitute and not helped by during the time of the family. So don't give up on your dream. God wants us to dream. He gives us these dreams for a reason. And those dreams will come into fruition and be saved with the Lord. I hear the preachers say all too often that we want to keep God in the dark. And we do that so often. Because we don't think that, well, God, I dream like I was going to do this. I don't think that can happen. Sometimes you can't even share your dream. I remember our pastor, some years ago, God had given him a dream or vision, so to speak, when he was at work about pastoring a particular church. And he shared that with me. And I was like, oh, okay. If that's what God said, you know, I'm not one to question uh, God's authority, but we have to be careful because everybody's not going to just say, okay. Some people are like, you're already crazy, man. You, you lost your mind. Do you know that there's somebody already in the pastor? That's sometimes you're going to be the pastor. What are you going to do? You're going to kill them all? You know, these people go on and they're going to have a whole fantasy about your dream. And then you're going to begin to believe that the dream is not what God will have you to dream or have you to follow. Well, maybe I'm just being selfish. Maybe I'm just being greedy. You know, maybe I'm being covered. I'm covering somebody else's place. But that's not what God is saying to you. He's giving you that dream because he has a plan for you. So we have to begin to just hold on to our dreams and believe God for them to come to pass. All too often, again, we want to just say, oh, well, you know, that, that's too much. I, I just don't see that happening. But then the scripture goes on to say that all will come to pass according to the power that works in us. So again, God, one thing about God is he's not going to take you, pick you up, put you there, take you to do it. He's going to allow you to make that choice. Do you want to go there? Here it is. I'm, I'm laying it out for you. You know, uh, are you willing to take on what it is that I want to give you? And sometimes we're not willing. And so when we're not willing, we have the, the, the issues that we have, but we don't move forward and we wonder if our life things can pass by. Everybody, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we in awe of what everybody else is doing, but God has given us the opportunity to do those things as we Amen. Thought about um, um, yesterday, I had to go to the doctor because I was having trouble with my knee really bad. And when I got there, they were telling me what was going on. And they get, did an x ray and everything, and uh, they gave me some medication. And while I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit reminded me that um, a couple of years ago, a doctor that I was seeing, she opted to give me a, a shot that would help my knee. Well, after, after I got there, let me back up a little bit. I was talking to the, the nurse that, that took me in, and the nurse said, yeah, I have gout. I have to get a shot. This person came to do the x-ray. So, oh, yeah, I have arthritis, and I get a shot. 
And then as I was landing, the Lord reminded me that, yeah, I sent you to a doctor that offered to give you a shot, and you refused. And so now you're suffering because you refused. See, sometimes we don't even realize what God is trying to take up, and we missed it. He put blessings right in our path, and because it doesn't look like what we think it should look like, we have some back. So he gave me the opportunity to not have to deal with this pain that I've been dealing with for months. I could have got the shot and been all about my business, but instead, because I chose not to take it, I stopped. And it's the same way with God. When he puts us in place and he wants to bring us to a third place, if we don't just, uh, okay, Lord, and, and seek his guidance and, and pray and ask him for revelations on these things, we're going to end up missing. We're going to miss what it is that God has for us. Again, according to the power that works. In us. Yeah. He gives us the opportunity to make that a choice. The power is already in us. God gave it to us. We must accept it. We must use it and stop being a beggar. We must a beggar. We must make this choice that I will no longer beg, but I will walk in the power that works in me. Yeah. The power that works in me. Yeah. Make it personal. The power that works in me. God has adopted us. He's accepted us, he's redeemed us, he's forgiven us, he's empowered us, yeah. and he's blessed us. But most of all, he's sealed us until the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. So when you choose to still be a better, or when you walk in the authority, use the fruit of your lips to begin to command your day, to command directions for your life. Dream dreams that make your request known unto your father. Yeah. When you walk in the confidence that God will supply all your needs that he according to his riches and glory. That's because he loves each and every one of us unconditionally. Will you walk around and continue to be a victim, or will you walk in the victory of our Lord and Savior? I want to share a little story with you, and I might have shared this story before. But this story, as I was preparing this message, this story kind of came back to me. One day there was a pencil maker, and he took the pencil aside, and he said, just before I put you in this box and ship you out for sale, I want to share five things with you. These five things you need to know before I send you out into the world. Mm-hmm. One, I want you to always remember these things and never forget them. The first thing I want you to remember is that you will be able to do many great you will be able to do many great things, but only if you allow yourself to be held in the master's hands. You will experience some painful sharpening from time to time, but you will need these sharpening to become a better pencil. You will be able to correct any mistake that you might make. For the most important part of you is on the inside. And number five, on every surface in which you are used, you must leave your mark. No matter what the condition, you must continue to write. The pencil understood what the master did, and he promised that he will remember as he placed them in the box. Most of all, remember that um, you have purpose, and it's in your heart. Now, we want to replace those pencils with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You will be able to do great things. Only if you allow yourself to be held in the master's hand. Allow all your gifts to be acceptable to the master. We will experience some painful sharpening from time to time. And going through these various, various problems will make us strong. We will be able to correct many mistakes that we might make. But most important, remember the thing that means the most is on the inside of us. And on every surface in which you walk, you must leave your mark. No matter what the situation, we must continue to do our duty as believers. God is looking for us to leave a mark everywhere we go. I heard a minister say on this past week, he said that in the body of Christ, in the church house, God has given gifts uh-huh. to each and every person. Yeah. What are you doing with your gift? Amen. Are you sitting on it or are you using it? to the power of the Lord. Uh-huh. Remember that God wants us to make a difference. Not just in our home, but everywhere we go, we should make a difference. Yeah. And when we realize the power and the authority that we walk in, we will then be able to make that difference. 
will no longer be begging. So we will walk as believers in the authority in which God has given us. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise. Amen, amen. I'm going to give God another hand clap of praise. Now we're going to get to the sign that somebody that might not be acquainted with his master. You want to get acquainted with him? Now is the time that you can come to Jesus just as you are without one thing. You might be listening in on talk to Why don't you join us up? All of our services, if you want to join the church, amen, you can reach us by going to our website, MLC work, MLCWORC.org, amen, then you can go to our guest book and leave all your information, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible, amen. Just know that Missionary of Christ is that friendly neighborhood church. Amen. 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 Loves you. And God loves you even more. Amen. Come on, give God some praise in the house. Amen. 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 